Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. I'm so glad you're here. Today is July 1st. How is this year halfway over? I have no idea. It is going by so quickly, quickly in a weird way, because we're still in the middle of COVID, and I know things are starting to open up, but it has been a strange year, that's for sure. But I'm super excited about today's episode, and before we dive in, I really want to share something with everyone. So as you know, or I think you know if you've been listening, about six weeks ago, we started a 12-week group coaching program for women called Women Leading Powerfully, the Leadership Lab. And we have 12 women in it. We've capped it at 12 women to keep the experience intimate and for all the women to get to know each other really well. And I will tell you, it is going fabulous. The women are loving the program. They're getting so much out of it. And I wanted to share a little bit about it with you today because we have another group starting on July 9th. So first of all, who is this for? So it's for professional women who are either in corporate and they're trying to elevate in their career, or maybe they're in corporate and they're trying to figure out what they want to do with their career. Maybe COVID has given you a powerful pause to say, do I really want to go back to that job I was doing in the office commuting two hours a day or three hours a day in traffic? Um, I'm really enjoying working at home. And maybe I want to pursue a career that will give me more work-life balance. Or on the flip side, you could have been at home for the last couple of months saying, I need a job that gets me on the road and traveling because I'm going crazy at home. It's for small business women. It's for women who are looking for that additional support in their business. Maybe they are working solo, so solar entrepreneurs that are looking for ideas and clarity to help either grow their business, expand, scale their business, etc. It's for women who are in nonprofit who want to make an impact and an influence and are looking for some clarity around how to do that. So the beauty is, is the group coaching model really allows you access to the power of coaching, number one, in a community of like-minded women, number two, which is so powerful. So the goals of this program are to really provide a meaningful impact and connection in a short amount of time for women who are ready to take control of the outcomes in their life in a new way. So at the end of 12 weeks, if you come in and do the work in the program, what you will walk away with at the end of 12 weeks will be clarity and confidence around what you really want for the next step in your career, in your life. Number two, you'll walk away with the awareness of what's getting in your way and what's keeping you back or holding you back from achieving that goal. Number three, you'll walk away with a vision statement for you as a leader. And when I talk about leader, I'm talking about every aspect of leading in your life. So it may be how you're leading at home. It may be how you're leading in your relationship with your children, maybe how you're leading at work. So this is a holistic approach to leadership. Number four, you'll walk away with the tools for taking action that gets you from where you are to where you want to be. And number five, you'll walk away with an easy way to measure your progress and get unstuck as you move forward. And, you know, the purpose behind this is I'm doing this in collaboration with Lori Tab of Shift Effect. We've come together to build this program. And again, we absolutely love working together. And we've built this program together because individually we heard in each one of our practices in our private practices with our clients who are mostly female, we hear from every woman that she is craving something deeper and she's craving something more in her life. She wants more fulfillment in her career. She wants a desire to have a clear vision for her future. She's ready or, you know, maybe doing it scared, but she's she's ready to take charge of the leadership in her life so she can grow personally and professionally. And you know what? There are a lot of unknowns right now in our current environment with COVID, with all of the racial and social injustice that's happening. And what our program offers in the midst of this 
is it offers women the opportunity to get certain and to get clear and to make choices that are going to increase their impact in more meaningful ways than ever before. So because so many people are going through so much uncertainty right now, that is why we are launching the second cohort of this group on July 9th is because it's offering people clarity. And we're seeing that in the women in the group. And so there isn't really a better time to sign up for this program than right now. So again, it's a 12-week group coaching program. Um, There's also the option to do a bonus package, which includes one-on-one coaching. So you get three one-on-one coaching sessions, as well as a DISC assessment. And our perspective on this is, It's a great way to experience group coaching, to get into community with women and meet other like-minded women who are in the same boat as you, but maybe from a variety of different industries, building those connections, building that networking, especially if you're in a career transition, what better way to make great connections with women that might be able to refer you to a friend or a colleague to help your career. And also... Again, the bonus package offers you the ability to experience one-on-one coaching. So you get a taste and a flavor of what one-on-one coaching can really deliver and how it can impact your life. So if you are interested, please email me at natalie at corecreationcoaching.com. My email's in the show notes. I would be happy to jump on a 20, 30-minute call with you to find out if the program is a great fit. Um, We do start on July 9th. So don't delay. We will be launching another program in the fall, but I think this is the perfect timing. So I would really invite you to consider this program. So while we're on the subject of making life changes, I am super excited about today's episode. And here's why. I've heard so many of my friends say to me, oh, I've put on the COVID-19 or, you know, today's July 1st. It's the middle of summer and I don't feel comfortable in my bathing suit. And sadly enough, I have friends who won't get in the pool or won't um, enjoy themselves at the beach because they just don't feel comfortable in their skin. So I thought it was the perfect time to bring my next guest on the show. Her name is Jennifer D'Amato. She's a coffee-loving life coach known for her work helping women overcome negative self-talk and become intuitive eaters who own their self-worth and their beauty. Jennifer's amazing. We have had so many great conversations. We're very much in alignment on our thoughts and our values. Um, Her energy is fantastic, and I will definitely be having her on the show again. But I'm really excited for you to listen in. So if you are someone who has done every diet under the sun, maybe you've done Whole30, maybe you've done Paleo, Atkins, Lindora, Jenny Craig, Weight Watchers, Who knows? The list is really long. So if you've tried everything, including over-exercising, and it just doesn't seem to work for you long-term, you have to listen to this episode because Jennifer turns all of that on its head. She has a completely different approach to health. And what I love is how she shares it. She's just real and authentic And in this episode, she shares her personal journey about how she became an intuitive eating coach. And if you listen to my intro episode, you will know that body image is something I've struggled with pretty much my whole life. And I do talk in this episode about my own body image struggles and how they came about. So I hope this episode has you focusing on your health as you listen to it instead of dieting. And I hope you gain a different perspective. So with that, let's dive in and listen to Jennifer D'Amato talk about how to give up dieting and how to replace it with intuitive eating. Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. 
Jennifer, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to have this conversation because I think it is so needed for so many in my audience. So thank you for being here. Oh, you are welcome. I'm actually really, really excited for our time together. You are just seriously so fun to talk to, to get to know. Just the work you're doing is absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. And it's funny because as we were prepping for this episode, um, you know, we had our prep call and literally I, we could have just continued talking for hours. I mean, we had so much in common and I just think we're so passionate about the same thing. So, so just thank you because, um, the conversation between us just flows so easily and you're so amazing. And like I said, the help and the support and the gift that really you are giving to women and to your clients is so fabulous. So let's dive in. Let's talk about you are a life and a health coach and you specialize in intuitive eating. So let's just start there. Can you help my audience explain, you know, what is intuitive eating? Oh, yes. Okay, great. Let's start here because this is something I'm so passionate about. I always like to look at intuitive eating as the anti-diet. And I know that that might sound really cliche, right? Like anti-diet or against dieting. But what it means is that there's no longer these rules and regimens. There's no longer anyone else dictating what you eat, how you eat, how much, when, anything. What it does is it taps into your body's intuition. It taps into what it is that your body needs to be able to have energy throughout the day, to feel amazing, for your brain to calm down that you're no longer hungry, that you're actually satisfied. What it requires, Natalie, is is time. It actually requires time and presence with your body, with your brain, what's going on internally and externally. So intuitive eating is, it's just, it's tapping into your body's intuition around food. That's like so simplistic because it's so much deeper than that, but that's what it is. No, that makes a lot of sense. And so we're definitely going to dive in and talk about everything that that means and and what it looks like and how people get started and what to do. But I'm super curious, maybe you could share with the audience a little bit about your background and how you came to being a life coach and a health coach focusing on intuitive eating. Oh, awesome. I love that. I always like to say, if you guys could just come with me, we're going to sit at my kitchen island because that's where it all happened. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Sitting at my kitchen island, actually had a friend over and he was sharing a lot about his health journey and we've known him for so long. And I'm like, what's changed? Like you could tell physically something had changed in him, but there was something different. And so um, I asked him about 6,000 questions and I'm not kidding. Like Natalie, it was rapid fire questions. Cause I was like, what's happening? Having been someone, I'm a chronic dieter. I'm a recovered chronic dieter for being honest now. Like I don't diet at all now, but I had tried every diet out there, any book that had been written, any celebrity that had posted about one, anything I thought would help me lose weight and feel amazing. Well, our friend had hired a coach and I'm like, what the heck's a coach? (laughs) What do you mean? What is this thing? And so he explained it to me and I looked at my husband. I'm like, maybe this is the thing, you know, maybe this is what is going to help me. And I tell you what, Natalie, it was the best decision I ever made was actually hiring a coach for myself. I at the time had no idea how powerful, you know, coaching was. Mm -hmm. So I hired this coach and the coach I hired doesn't do the work that I do, but what he did was open up a whole new world for me. So starting to understand my body, starting to understand what I was thinking about when I ate food, it was a game changer for me. At the same time, I had just walked my friend through a very long, painful divorce. Mm. And in one of those conversations, she said to me, you know, Jen, I think you should become a life coach. I'm like, (laughs) Julie, that's not a real thing. Like I'm picturing (laughs) that movie, Shallow Hal, Tony Robbins on it in the, you know, do you remember that? Like, I'm just picturing this and I'm like, that's (laughs) fake. And, you know, she's like, no, Jen, it's real. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do what everybody does. I'm going to Google it. I'm like, I'm going to start looking this stuff up. Well, not only do I see that life coaching is a real thing. I actually found health coach Institute where I could get a dual certification Mm. where I could dive into life coaching and health coaching, like the same, I could actually intertwine that mind body connection 
my entire being lit up. You know, when you just feel something in your belly, like it's inside of you that finally something struck the match. That's what happened as soon as I found that. And then I shared it with my husband because of course I've been going through this physical transformation myself. And then I actually have a degree in psychology and I always wanted to do counseling, but never pursued anything past working in social work. And so I felt like the life coaching was bringing that peace to life again. So when I brought it to him, he was like, um, let's do it. Like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And I knew, like, I knew at that moment I had found my everything. And so then of course, you know, as anything goes, it really has evolved and shifted into wanting to empower women with their mind, with their thoughts and with their body. Okay. I love so much of what you shared. Um, first of all, I can completely relate to striking the match because that's exactly how I felt day one of my coach training when I sat in the room with all of these amazing people who I have made friends for life in that group mm-hmm. with my instructor. I was like, oh my God, where has this been all of my life? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe I didn't know about it until I was, I mean, at that time, I think 47. And Oh, I I, so I can relate completely to your journey. And what I love about it is, first of all, you hired your own coach. And I always say that if people hire coaches, they should make sure that their coaches are being coached Mm -hmm. or have been coached. And I think it's really important for people to have that experience of being coached before they invest in coaching. And so I I just I think everything you're saying is is so valuable. So And obviously this, you know, you had your own health journey where this really resonated and you wanted to help other women, obviously. So can you share, if you don't mind sharing just a little bit more about your own health journey and if you don't mind, we take a a little deeper dive into that just to let people know, you know, why you're so passionate about what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I don't mind. You know, I'm pretty much what you see is what you get. So open book. And I believe actually it's my journey that does benefit my clients the most. Yes, the training, right, that I've gone through is amazing and helps me show up really powerfully for them. But it is my story that fuels what Mm -hmm. I'm doing. So like I said, I was a chronic dieter. I literally thought I found the answer every time because Mm -hmm. I have four kids. I actually had C-sections with all four of them. So my body has been through war, as Mm -hmm. I say. It has been through a lot. However, I look at people who've actually been through things and can appreciate their body and go, wow, they're amazing, but I couldn't do it for myself. Mm. I mean, it was a daily teardown, a daily teardown of you're overweight, you're not enough, you're not sexy, you're not worthy. There's just something wrong. Like everything sags, nothing moves right, nothing's the way it should be. And I would say I can go back to the age of 17. And those same thoughts were there. They were never addressed. They were just buried, right? That had just sort of painted over them and covered over them with busyness of life and and school and college, all those things. But they were there. I I mean, I, I can go back to my thighs where I can remember being a kid and thinking those thighs are too big. Mm-hmm. everyone else's thighs, everyone else's thighs. What a lie. Everyone else's thighs are smaller than yours, Jen. Right. Well, that thought carried all the way through into adulthood, into those thighs being the thing, of course, that helped keep me strong to have these children. I just I couldn't get past them. Yeah. And then I added on top of it, everything else my body had gone through with having four kids. And it just, I didn't, it wasn't even, a, I didn't love it. I didn't even like it. I had no appreciation or gratitude for the fact that I had this body. So as I think most do, I tried everything there was. I tried everything to fix the physical, what I felt was a problem, mm-hmm. never realizing what I thought about myself was affecting me more than what I ate. And then of course, as most do, I tried this, whatever new diet it was. I mean, I've done them all and I can specifically remember paleo being one of the big ones. And I thought I had found an answer and, you know, I did paleo and there's nothing, I'm not, you know, dogging on paleo for those who need that as a dietary resolve, you know, for health issues, I was doing it to lose weight and I couldn't lose weight on it. So I beat myself up repeatedly 
there's something wrong with you. You have no self-control. You can't handle this. And then I would just eat again. And I would eat all those things I had restricted myself from eating for so long. And then again, garbage, I feel terrible. And then I beat myself up mentally. And then I go find the next diet, the next program. I mean, considering anything out there, 400 calories a day, HCG diet was on the table at one point until I watched a friend go through and went, okay, maybe I'm not that bad, but now I'm going to extreme exercise. Now I'm going to go to the gym to the point where I'm just spending two hours a day. I'm not having results, but I'm going to go because that's what you're supposed to do. And I'm going to work my body and punish my body. I know that's what I was doing now. Punish it into submission, right? Like you're going to do what I tell you to do. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yes. Of course that didn't work. I mean, what I look back at now, of course, how much stress I had put on myself. I would lay there in bed at night, Natalie, at the end of the day, feeling horrible. It didn't matter if I had eaten just salads, you know, lean meats and drank some water, worked out for two hours, I would beat myself up because I wasn't having any change in my body. And I thought there was something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I hired a coach. It wasn't until I realized that what I was thinking about the food, what I was thinking about my body, what I was thinking about myself mattered. So I love what you're, I mean, literally, there's just so much gold in this interview and what you're saying, because first of all, thank you for sharing your journey and being so open about it, because I think that was my journey. I think that's probably... 99% of every woman that's listening to this podcast and men for that matter, I know men struggle as well. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I think women struggle more in this area. But again, I know I know men in my life that have struggled with this too. And I just think you described everyone's journey exactly what I mean, I just feel like we just parallel pathed so much. And what I love is what you said, what I love about what you said is what I think about myself is more important than what I eat. Mm. I mean, I I just, I, there's a part of me and I think other people listening, like I want to believe that so badly because I have beat myself up for so many years with the negative self-talk and the bullying conversations about my body. I can tell you, I probably have 40 conversations a day walking by the mirror in my hallway of like, oh, those pants are too tight. Your butt's too big. I mean, and this started for me. I mean, I'm going to kind of share a little bit about my journey as well. My journey started when I was 12. And I think so many parents don't understand, and at least maybe in my generation, just definitely didn't understand that, you know, boys and girls, when they go through puberty, go through a stage where they plump out because Mm -hmm. of hormones and everything else that's going on with puberty. And then they grow taller. Well, Mm -hmm. I was in my and especially for girls, it's somewhere between the ages of 10 to 13. And it's happening even earlier now. And so, you know, in middle school, or even in elementary school, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, you know, typically, you're going through this body change, which I did. And I got pretty chubby. And I remember coming home from a vacation. Uh, My grandparents lived on a farm in Michigan, and we used to go out there every summer. And, you know, we used to eat off the farm. My grandparents had fresh fruits and Mm. vegetables, and we ate everything out of the garden except meat. So that was the only thing my grandparents would buy. And of course, you know, my grandmother would spoil us, and she would bake every day and these yummy cinnamon rolls and glazed donuts and everything else. And my parents stayed with us for two weeks. My dad had to get back to work. And then we stayed, my brother and I stayed for another two weeks. And we flew home by ourselves. And I, like I said, I was around 12. And I remember getting off the plane and I remember my parents' faces. Mm-hmm. And I, I will never forget it. Like I just remember them looking at me like something was wrong. And during that trip that I had taken, I had fallen off a horse. And my dad was so awful to me for so many years. It started with, oh, you know, how much corn did you eat? You know, they eat, they they have corn to, you know, fatten up pigs. Mm-hmm. Like, how much corn did you eat while you were on the farm? And it was just like all these cutting comments about my body. And then referring back to the horse incident, because I did fall off the horse while I was there, you know, my dad would make stupid comments like, 
oh, well, did you bounce when you hit the ground? And those things, obviously, I'm Mm -hmm. still reciting them and I'm 50. Those things stayed with me. Yes. Yes. And that became this never-ending cycle of me just beating myself up with all the negative self-talk about my body. I also had, you know, a J-Lo booty since the time I was young, which wasn't popular at that time. It was not. No, it was not. (laughs) And I've always had a booty and I've always had hips. And now I've grown to absolutely love my body and I love my hips and I love my booty. But at that point, it wasn't popular. And I actually remember a guy friend of mine in high school, we were walking on the beach and he was behind me and he said, hey, Natalie, you have the perfect body, except your booty's way too big. Mm. And I just like, obviously, I remember these comments, right? And they just stuck with me and they carried me through until recently until, you know, I did my own work on my body. I'm not going to say I'm totally recovered. It's still a work in progress. But I wish, you know, it's caused me so much of an energy drain, all of that bullying and that negative self-talk throughout my life. And the sad thing is, Jennifer, I look back on pictures of myself and I remember clearly like standing behind my kids when they were younger in pictures because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be in the photo. And I have this one picture of my daughter and I, it happened to be 4th of July, we were in Mammoth and I was skiing and um, we happened to be skiing in shorts. And I was like, you know, (laughs) my my daughter was, I think, 10 at the time. And I remember, I, I literally have the picture, I'm standing behind her because I'm in a bathing suit top and shorts. And I remember I didn't want my belly to be seen. Mm-hmm. And I look at that picture now. I'm like, hot damn. <laughs> like, what the heck was I thinking? All the times I thought I was so fat. And I look back and all the negative crap I said about my body. And I look back, I'm like, what the heck was I thinking? And so, you know, So I I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share my story because I think it's important as well because we share so much of the same path. But Mm -hmm. what do you say to a woman like me who comes to you for coaching and I'm looking for that magic pill and I'm looking for the answer, the paleo, the whole 30, trust me, I've done it all too, the beach body, Mm -hmm. the let's go to the gym and work out at Orange Theory for two hours. And like, what do you say to the woman walking in who says, give me the magic pill, Jennifer. I want to know what the secret sauce is. And you're like, oh, it's in your mind. <laughs> yeah, that would be, if I if I could just say that and they'd be like, hot dang, let's go. That would be amazing. Think of it this way, Natalie. If, if you come to me and you say, you know, I need the answer, right? And I told you here, you know, here's paleo, right? Here's Weight Watchers. Here's Nutrislim. Here's this regimen. Here's Macrocone. Here's all these things. It would be like if I said, you're looking for something amazing to wear. And I invite you into my closet and give you my clothes. Mm. They don't fit you. I'm not the same size. I'm not the same style as you. The colors that look amazing on you, though, we probably would look, let's be honest. You and I (laughs) would look amazing on the same colors. Like I just know it. But you know, you get what I'm saying. Like, I can't give you my clothes to where you need your own wardrobe. You need to know what works for you. You need to understand how this fabric feels, right? You need to understand when you wear this type of pant, like, wow, I really like how I can move in this. It's the same thing with our eating. If you absolutely knew for sure that what you were eating was best for you, that how you showed up when you were eating, like I am my best self when I show up to eat. I don't actually even think about what I'm eating. And we're just talking about food right now. I'm not even touching the self-talk with this. I just want to say when it comes to our food, when we're looking for this magic answer, diet culture is trying to give you what they think is best. They're trying to make you put their clothes on that don't fit you. Imagine if you knew without a doubt, every time you walked in your closet, I have the most amazing clothes to put on and I feel confident and wonderful and everything. That's what the difference with intuitive eating is, you know, without a doubt, you're serving your body at its best. I'm so glad you mentioned that because literally my episode uh, with Elisa Ellis talks about she's a a personal stylist and that's Mm -hmm. her whole thing is, you know, what works for someone else in a magazine or you know, somewhere else that you see on social media might not work for your body. 
or what you see on the mannequin, you know, when you're in the mall, when the malls were open (laughs) pre-COVID, you know, might not work for your body. You need to have in your closet clothes that fit your specific body. And so I love that you're continuing on that message. And I love that you use the closet example because hers was very powerful as well. And so, so Jennifer, how do I, how do I get to understand that? Like, how do I get to know what's good for my particular body? Yeah. And that's really where the power of coaching comes in, right? That's where, when I meet with my clients and we can really sit down and dive into what is going on for you in your body, in your thoughts with food. You know, so often, and what I heard in your story is very similar to even my own, where we start labeling foods from a very young age. Like you mentioned corn and I just, I laughed because I, I've had this label on corn and it's not that it's not used for cows and chickens and all that to do that quick fattening, but like we've labeled corn bad, right? We do the, and and that's a loose example, but you mentioned all these pastries, right? And you and I are probably both salivating while you're talking (laughs) about the pastries that your grandmother would make. And I'm salivating thinking about them. Oh my goodness. But they're, they're labeled, right? They're, they're labeled bad. And from a young age, food started being labeled and how you showed up with those foods was labeled. So if you ate the corn, there was something wrong, right? There's a negative connotation to eating the corn. If you ate the pastries, there was something wrong. But if you ate the fresh fruits and vegetables from the garden, you're good. We actually have to start breaking some of those um, lies. I mean, they're lies, but they're beliefs, right? They're these beliefs that we hold true. And we really need to dive into where are they coming from? And we also, with at the same time, I'd like to parallel it with what's happening in your thoughts when you're eating them. Because the reality is if you go and sit down and eat that delicious pastry, like again, sit down and and we're going to enjoy something that we really love. What happens is you have these thoughts that enter in, you know, I'm eating food that's bad for me. Then all of a sudden I start feeling bad about myself. Like we're literally feeling guilt and shame in the process of eating. So what's that doing? Well, it's increasing our stress hormone while we're eating, let alone happening after we're eating, right? So from a young age, these thoughts start being ingrained in us. These thoughts about food and our body are said to us, inadvertently taught to us, or just blatantly said, you know, if you eat this, you're going to be fat. I mean, I heard that more times than I can remember. That if you have these types, you eat the sugary food, you're unhealthy right? So then we start believing these thoughts. And then we actually start thinking those thoughts are our own thoughts. That's the evil thing about negative self-talk. I guarantee most of the thoughts that we have that we say to ourselves never originated from self. Mm -hmm. They came from somewhere. They came from someone saying something, whether it was our parents, whether it was the boyfriend, somebody close to us, they said something that, that, maybe triggered something in us we weren't aware of, or maybe we already had that insecurity, or we didn't even know we had that insecurity, right? And then all of a sudden we start looking at that area, like you said, that puberty stomach, right? Right. The things that happen, I have four daughters. And let me tell you, it's a real thing that happens. Yeah. Wish we could calm down about where you start looking, is my stomach big? Did I cause this because I enjoyed this food? which ends up in turn 20 years later, 30 years later going, mm-hmm. I'm bad if I eat this food. And yeah. you believe it's your thought that you're having. Yep. So so I'm going to play devil's advocate just for a second. And I, I just want to ask a question. So I do hear you saying, look, we have all these negative thoughts about food. Those turn into negative thoughts about self, right? About eating that yummy pastry that my grandmother made. So I just want to clarify, though, you know, obviously there's nutritional benefits to eating fresh fruits and vegetables and protein versus eating the pastries with the sugar and the carbs and all of that. Because, I mean, I know for I know for myself, (laughs) my limit is getting less and less as I get older. Like the reality is, if I do eat those foods, they aren't good for my body. I know I don't feel great. After I eat them, I get lethargic. Mm -hmm. um, I get tired. And, you know, and then I do put on weight. So can you help kind of explain the difference? Like is intuitive eating meaning that you can eat whatever you want? I mean, my simple answer to that is going to be yes, but it's so much more complex than that, Natalie, that 
I'd say most people can't really articulate what's going on for them before they eat the food, Mm. while they're eating the food, and after they're eating the food. And there is a stress response happening when you do choose. Usually there's some type of response going on when you're choosing the sugary food. And if you're repeatedly just going to the sugar and the sugar, we have to dive into the why behind it. Usually what I find is people are stressed out. Yeah, Women are balancing six hundred things all at once, trying to do all the things, be all the things, and they're beating themselves up. They're on the go. They're rushing. So they're stressed. So when I see the repeated sugar, we have to talk about stress. So that piece alone is why, again, in the coaching, we dive deeper into the specifics of what they're eating. What people don't do either is acknowledge how they're feeling. Like if you eat, let's say you grab that big salad, right? You love love all the greens, you throw some roasted broccoli on it and some, maybe some chicken or some croutons, maybe a little shredded cheese. I'm getting hungry, Natalie. I shouldn't be talking about food right now. (laughs) Let's say you eat all of that and then you, you feel amazing, right? You have all this energy. Most people can't decipher that they actually feel that, that they have energy eating that or that they feel sluggish after eating the bowl full of popcorn uh-huh. or the sugary treat, they're treating their stress most likely. And again, it's, it's not big stress. It's not COVID-19 stay at home quarantine level stress. It's that chronic low level. I'm thinking about my to-do list all day. I haven't checked this off. I had an argument with my loved one. I have to have a tough conversation. With it's that low level stress that kind of sits there along with the stress of eating. I actually think we're people we're so stressed out eating Natalie, because there's this, if I don't eat what's deemed healthy, there's something wrong. Instead of, hmm, I wonder what's coming up for me. I wonder what I'm feeling or thinking right now before I ever put food in my mouth. I actually do a great exercise with some clients where they start asking themselves what they want. I mean, how often does that happen, Natalie? Would you say where before you ever eat something or go to eat that you ask yourself, what is it I want right now? Okay, well, first of all, I just want to pause you right there because it's so interesting that you ask your clients that question because I ask my clients the same question in my coaching, right? Which is not health coaching, but it's so interesting because so many women cannot answer that question. Yeah. What do you want? I'm going to literally do a whole podcast episode on it (laughs) because literally... People don't take the time to think about what they want in their lives, what they want to eat, what they want Mm -hmm. in their relationships. It's like they just kind of are just going along, right? And what I really hear you saying, Jennifer, which I love, is that you're really talking about, first of all, conscious eating. Mm. And underneath that, what I hear is conscious eating becomes a form of self-care, Yes, Natalie, exactly. Can you imagine if you literally practice self-care all day long, whether it's in business, it's at the at the table, you know, when you're eating, it's the time you go to sleep. I mean, can you imagine if that was the way you lived? Like I feel like that's the gift here. Yeah. That you can literally live in in self-care all the time because sometimes the answer to what is it that you want is a freaking Danish. I mean, sometimes you want the Danish, (laughs) but if you don't ask yourself, you might not realize that what you really wanted was a nap. Oh my gosh. I'm talking to women out there who refuse to allow themselves rest where you wanted the nap. And I use this as an example, partly because it was mine. I would refuse the nap. But when I asked myself, what is it I want? And I laid down and took that 15, 20 minutes and just rested it wasn't about the sugar. The sugar was the thing actually keeping me going, masking what I really wanted. When I asked myself that question and I wanted a nap, my life changed. I mean, I had to work through some guilt from the outside, the external forces coming at me, but it changed my life in that, wait a minute, I can actually ask myself what I want and receive what I want. Mm -hmm. It's mind blowing that I spent year after year after year doing the first thing. And and let's be honest, the quickest thing to do is grab something to eat. The quickest thing to do is to go to the fridge. I have clients, you know, they, they stand there, they do the, it's the fridge pantry 
um, cardio. You go to the fridge, you open it, you, there's nothing in there. You go back to the pantry. And that's usually to me, that's that big signal that I don't think it's food you want. I don't have to tell them that, but actually going to that question and having them invite that it's amazing what comes out. I've had clients who are like, I wanted to go to bed. They literally denied themselves going to bed at night because they felt like, well, shouldn't I be staying up later? You know, I'm 50 years old. I shouldn't be going to bed at eight 30, but their body was like, please go to sleep. Yeah. I had another client. She wanted physical affection from her spouse. And it didn't even occur to her that she was avoiding going and directly asking for that. And she was having food to eat all night long. Yeah. Because of it. Amazing what can happen when you ask yourself, what is it I want right now? No, I, I completely agree. And actually, when I got coaching around this, and I got support around my eating and dieting and all of my body image issues. The advice I was given, which I love because I do practice conscious eating and I tried everything too. I mean, it's so funny because I actually tried intermittent fasting. That was probably my most recent thing I tried. And it literally, I gained weight because Mm -hmm. it turns out that for my body, I have diabetes in my bloodline and and I, I think we should mention, I'm not making any health claims here. I'm not telling people what to do. But <laughs> for my body, you know, when I did intermittent fasting, my body held on to weight because it thought it was starving. Yes. And I packed on weight doing intermittent fasting. So like you said, going back to the whole closet example, I was trying on everyone else's clothes and they were not working for my body. So when I finally did my work on my body, I practiced exactly what you're talking about, intuitive conscious eating. And It was like, you know, when you're standing at the pantry and you want to go for that sugary Danish or that donut, that sounds really good. You know, just pause, right? And ask yourself, like, why are you wanting this? Are you wanting it because you're stressed out? Is there any unresolved emotional issues? Like, what's happening? And then if you decide, if you make a decision that you still want the damn donut, eat it, be joyful about it. And don't complain about it. But like choose that for yourself, right? Like make that choice and just honor it and just be like, you know what? Yeah, I ate the donut. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have to relax about it. The thing is we're keeping ourselves in that sympathetic nervous system, right? That fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. All the time. We're keeping ourselves stressed out. We actually aren't even digesting food properly. We're keeping ourselves where we can't, our body can't rest. Because we're stressing about what we're eating. And I love that you said that. It's that after part. The before, the during, and the after are actually all so important. That we don't enter into that guilt and shame for eating something we actually wanted. Mm -hmm. That we really enjoy. Our body has a limit, Natalie. Our body has a limit of what it's going to be able to handle. Whether it's the super restrictive calorie diet or cutting out an entire food group eventually our body's going to be like, you know what? I can't do any more of this. Mm-hmm. And then what are you going to do? You're going to binge. Yeah. I mean, that's real. You are going to overeat to the point where you just feel like you are the problem. That's what diet culture does. You become the problem because you couldn't sustain the restriction. When in fact, our bodies were not built to restrict. Our bodies were never created to do that. They're created to move. I believe we have these great joints because Movement should be fun. We talk about that as well, because most people think it has to be like I was this punishment, right? This chore to do instead of something you enjoy. Foods become the same thing. Foods become this consequence of living instead of something we enjoy. Yeah. And Jennifer, so kind of backing up just a little bit, you know, we talked about eating becoming a form of self-care, right? And And maybe it's not even eating. Maybe it's just honoring, I need to rest, I need to take a nap. And so it's really being conscious about your self care. And what does that mean from a holistic perspective? But what would you say to the woman, because I know many of them are listening to this podcast? (laughs) What would you say to the woman who says, Okay, Natalie and Jennifer, that's great. I hear what you're saying. But you have no idea about my life. I have four kids aka Jennifer. I have four kids. I'm busy. I have a corporate job. And, you know, pre-COVID, I was on a plane. I was traveling. There's nothing good in airports. And literally, I get back to my hotel and I am there at 10 o'clock and we're going out to corporate dinners and we're having five course meals. And you know what? This is all great that you guys are talking about all this damn self-care. 
but I literally don't have time for it. What do you say to them? Mm. Well, you know, Natalie, I hear that all the time. I hear that all the time. The that I and the reality is when you look at the calendar, it looks like you don't have time. And I believe there's always, there's always going to be things that get in the way of you making yourself a priority, of you making your health a priority, whether it's your mental health, your physical health. But there it is. But how different would your life be? Uh, your health, your relationships, your productivity with work, your mood, your stress level. How different would you be if you did make yourself a priority? The list of things that keep coming for you, it's always going to be there. It's never going away, right? We know that it's not going away. What if you showed up as the best version of yourself? What if... I, what if when you showed up to those dinners, those five course dinners, you had that invisible tool belt on? You knew how to check in with yourself. You could pull those strategies and tools out no matter where you were. And it wasn't this list of to-dos. It wasn't this chore. It wasn't this other job, but it was you showing up as your best self. I just wonder how different would the end of that day, that trip, that, that work be if you chose that? I love it. I love it. So kind of along those lines, Jeffrey, I would love for you to share what is the journey that you take your clients on, um, you know, to build that invisible tool belt? Can you kind of give us some insight into, into how you work with people? Yeah, absolutely. Kind of the sweet spot right here is, is this one-on-one is spending time with somebody who is going to be there to hold you accountable, support you, stretch you and give you tools. I would say, imagine if you're like your best friend knew all the things that I'm talking about and you got to hang out once a week for an hour and really dive into them. That's how I look at coaching. So what I like to do first is dive into the negative self-talk. The reason I do that with my clients and we really dig there is because I believe if we don't address the thoughts that you say to yourself about yourself, if we don't confront that bully head on, all the other work we do, it's just not going to be as powerful. So I always have my clients start working through those thoughts first. And we have a very strategic plan that we go through to address those thoughts and reframe those thoughts. And it's actually my clients get to choose. How empowering is that? They get to choose the thoughts they want to be thinking. Hmm. And then we dive right into intuitive eating. So there's several strategies and tools. And I say, like I said, that invisible tool belt that my clients get to put on. So we're actually going to start diving into what's happening, what's showing up for them when they show up to eat. I actually talk a lot about hunger and fullness. And the reason I do that, Natalie, is most clients I talk to when I ask them, so it's, it's going to be sound like a simple question. How do you know if you're hungry? The general response I get is, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And so we really actually spend some quality time on what our body has been ignoring, right? And you can we can relate that to your intermittent fasting. What you actually do is kind of start numbing out those signals that your body knows. You know, if you've ever watched toddlers, the reason they keep coming to you and saying they're hungry is their body actually tells them, I'm hungry. We over time mute those signals of hunger and even that satisfaction to feel like, you know what? I'm not hungry anymore. Like I feel so good. My body feels really good right now. We've ignored that as well. So we spend some time there. I also walk them through what is happening with stress in their body. We have to talk about that. It's affecting their sleep. It's affecting how they show up every day. It's affecting choices that they make. I have a really great stress reducing <laughs> technique that I teach my clients. I'm a really big believer in the breath, whether it's when we are eating, whether it's when we're stressed, whether it's when we've got something immediate we're facing and using our breath that we were given to actually invite a lower stress level. Um, we do talk about self-care and I walk them through what's again, intuitive to their body. Not everybody wants to go to the spa and get massages. Some people want to take the nap, read a book, talk with the girlfriend as part of their self-care. So I weave that all into, into this heightening your intuition. And while that's all happening, we're recircling on those thoughts. Because the thing about negative self-talk, and, and I think you kind of alluded to this, it doesn't go away. We have the strategies and tools to come at it when they sneak in. You know, there's some things we probably feel we've overcome. Like I'm not going to sit here and talk about my thighs like I did when I was 17. 
but I'm going to push myself to a new level. I'm going to try something new and negative self-talk might come in. I'm not immune to it. Now I just have the strategies and tools to pull from. So we, we keep circling back around to that during our entire time together, because when you start trying to come at the negative self-talk, negative self-talk is going to try to come back at you. It's what your brain knows. It's what it's been defaulted to. Like you said, you can pull those stories out from when you were a kid. So we do repeatedly come back to those as we're um, integrating these tools. I like small action steps. That's how I work with all of my clients. It's They are doing a lot. They're balancing a lot. And I want them to have that success. So we just take those small chunks each week. Yeah. No, I, I love that. I, I really, I love everything because it's so holistic, mm. right? And it's just, you're addressing the whole person and you're addressing all of the underlying stuff because I agree with you. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because um, I am on my own, my own health journey and I am actually trying it's interesting because I've actually stopped saying that I'm trying to lose weight. Mm. I actually have reframed it for myself. Is like I'm just trying to get healthy. Mm. And for which me, is, health, which is unique to you. Yeah. 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 And for me, health is much more than food and the scale. I talk about non actually, I didn't term this. My good friend Dina termed it, but I love the term of non scale victories. Which yeah, are, for too. me, I have realized that quite the opposite of intermittent fasting, for me, eating every two hours, two and a half hours, is the secret. I have been doing it for probably four to five weeks now at this point. And oh my God, I feel so much different. My blood sugar is continuous throughout the day. I don't have those afternoon dips where I feel like I need a, a cup of coffee. I'm not taking naps or I don't even need to take naps. My energy is through the roof. And I'm eating just these really small meals throughout the day. And for me, it's working because it's also like, I get excited that I get to eat like six times a day. Mm. Like I'm not like I realized that intermittent fasting didn't work for me because I enjoy eating. I'm not even a big shake person. Like I like chewing. I like eating. I mm. like the experience of eating. And yeah. so for me, I've really honed in on that for the last five weeks or so. And I absolutely love it. I am in such a different place than I was. And I will tell you, I mean, yes, I've lost a few pounds, like a few minor. But I will tell you that all these non-scale victories for me are so much more important. I'm sleeping better. I'm I'm just feeling better overall. I, I, Like I said, my energy is through the roof. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do want to touch on that, the part about weight loss, because with intuitive eating, um, I really don't even like putting weight loss with intuitive eating. Mm -hmm. it, you know, I have clients who come to me and they do want, generally want to lose some weight, but usually it's not really the goals they set for themselves. It's what I actually hear coming from you, where it ends up becoming about something deeper than the weight. With intuitive eating, the goal is, is not really looking at the weight loss because it's a long process. Yeah. It's because you're not shocking your metabolism into the weight loss. Like that's what diets do, whether, like I said, it's a very restrictive on calories or it's keto and you're cutting out carbohydrates completely. It is a longer process, but it's the, it's the way that actually we used to live before diet culture, you and I grew up with those, the eighties, I tell you what, they really screwed food for everybody. It was that non-fat, low fat time, which it wasn't just our food. It was our bodies, right? They had to be non-fat or low fat. A lot, you know, everything we consumed yep. had to be non-fat and low fat. And it did something to how, what we believe our body should even look like. So there's this balance of loving what you have and, and loving is a, I know that's a weighted word. Appreciating might even be better. A gratitude for the body you have while at the same time doing the things that serve you at the highest level. And if for you, that is you enjoy green smoothie shakes and, you know, big fruit salad, or you love just a big green salad, or you like having your coffee in the morning with some toast and cheese and an egg, whatever that is, that that serves you. It's that balance. Yeah. I mean, I really love, again, what you're saying is that really when people are coming to you, it's actually refreshing to hear that when people are coming to you 
to be coached that weight loss isn't their first goal. What would you say, you know, after looking at your clients and kind of the history of working with people, what are their maybe top one or two goals of working with you? Mm. That's such a great question, Natalie. I would say the one I hear most often is they want to feel good in the skin they have. Yeah. They just do. They want to, and they want to feel that way from the time they get up to the time they go to bed. They actually have that. It's that gratitude level for their body. It's that appreciation for their body. I'd say the other one is they want to be there for the long haul. What's so amazing to me is they start looking forward and going, someday there's going to be, you know, grandkids. Someday there's going to be things I want to do, and I'm not going to be able to. I want the energy. I want the um, the thoughts that serve me best to be able to go do those things. Because right now they're generally not feeling so great. They're not seeing themselves in the future going, oh yeah, I'm on the floor playing with grandkids. No, they can't. And it's not their weight. It's their energy levels. It's how they feel about themselves weighing them down. So they're looking and going, I want to be here for the future and be my best self. Because most of the women I talk to have been putting it off year after year after year, and they've reached their 40s and their 50s, and they're going, oh, man, mm-hmm. I, need, I, I need to address this so that I can be there for the long haul. I love that. So for the woman who's listening, who does want to start addressing this, who realizes that she's put it off for too long, and now really is her time to step in and start you know, empowering herself and and getting that self-care and really, you know, reaching out to you is a form of self-care, which is why I had you on the show because I am such an advocate for women taking care of themselves in all ways. So I know that um, you have a private consultation that's available and we'll put the link to schedule that in the show notes along with how everyone can follow you on social media, which I highly suggest. But you also have an ebook that you are giving away to my audience. And so can you talk a little bit about that? I would love to. It's I kind of call it my baby. I mean, I have four <laughs> babies, but it is my baby because there's such a piece of me that is woven into that. And the title of it is How to Confront the Bully When the Bully is You. Wow. And it's overcoming negative self-talk. I mean, we talk about bullying in our culture all the time, right? And being bullied by others. But the reality is we're probably bullying ourselves even more so. Yeah. And so what I give in there is actually um, some specific strategies for those women who are like, all right, I'm ready, but I'm not sure. Like, am I even struggling with this? What, you know, how do I tackle this first? That's why I wrote this ebook for them. It's actually a completely free resource with some strategies to walk through to start overcoming negative self-talk. It's actually, I gave you guys one of my best strategies I use with my clients in there. Natalie, I want to be really honest right here and tell you it's not easy to do by yourself. And I don't mean that they can't do it. I mean, there's something very much that happens in our heart and soul when we start making this list of the sentences we say to ourselves. And I just want to tell women like you can do this, but what you might realize in the process of doing it is it's hard to do by yourself. It's hard to get to that place to dive in there because like Natalie's stories, like my stories, when you bring those up, there's still something that hurts our heart. So I just want to mention that, Uh, but I wanted to give women a starting point, a place to go to, to start addressing those thoughts that are keeping them stuck. Jennifer, thank you so much for offering that to my audience. And thank you for being here. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I've enjoyed our time together. And I know my audience is going to absolutely love you. So again, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for sharing everything. And I'm really really hoping that people listening to this will understand that, you know, Jennifer's goal, because we talked about it before the episode, is that, you know, empowered women empower other women. I actually have a t-shirt that says empowered women empower women. So, um, so we're, again, we're so in alignment. But, you know, women, I know your goal is that, you know, you're worthy of investing in yourself. Because that investment really resonates in all areas of our lives. Obviously, we're, we're both coaches. I believe in that. You believe in that. So I invite people to reach out to Jennifer. She is a wealth of knowledge. She's a great resource. And again, we are very much in alignment with 
how we think about things and our goals for women. So Jennifer, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was absolutely a pleasure. And I am just honored to be part of this piece of your community that is empowering women. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now.